At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. Keeper podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us. And if you're listening, it's you too. I'm Alex Flanagan. And I'm Addison Peacock. And we are just delighted to be here with you on whatever fine day it is that you're listening on our new formalized release schedule. It's another bright and beautiful week here in quarantine. It's another uh, a hot and exciting day in the press cycle, and, you know, <laughs> honestly, the wild thing about recording several days in advance is that, like, who knows what the world's gonna be like by the time you hear this? What is it, like, what is it like in the future? Yeah, right? Anything can happen. I genuinely don't know. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, I don't know if we said the day correctly on our last episode or not, but we are releasing on Thursdays now. I think not we said Wednesdays, days, but it's Thursdays. We said Wednesdays, but it's Thursdays, but days don't super matter, because what matters is whenever you're listening to it, not whenever. I That's don't right. You can keep listening on Sundays if you want. We can't stop you. Nobody could stop you. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be one of those episodes that's really funny that there's no swears, because there's no swears, but like... We could talk about all kinds of scary stuff, and that's fine. Yeah, you know, it's always an interesting sort of sliding scale, what is considered legal and what is not in the realms of censorship. It's a fascinating thing. <laughs> What's legal in the realms of doing this podcast? Are we breaking podcast law? Are we breaking our own law? I don't you know. know. The only person you're really accountable to in this life is yourself. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> I, I, that's, that's a lot of pressure. I think it can be kind of liberating, but mm-hmm. I understand that it's, uh, it's high stakes, you know? Yeah, so consider this a warning at the tippy top that this particular one's going to be kind of scary. Ooh, spooky. Yeah, we're doing kind of scary. I did, I've, I've kept, I've been less scary lately, I think. And this is like spooky and also very new. Uh, this is one of those like this, 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 this isn't regarded as a cryptid mm-hmm. by a lot of different sources, but it was reported on by the National Cryptid Society. So I think it, so I consider it to count. That totally counts. So what I'm talking about today is um, there's a couple different names that the term I'll be using primarily is crawlers. Okay. You might have also heard these things referred to by the name of a creepypasta monster that bears a resemblance to the description. And that is the rake. Are you familiar with either one of these things? Oh, I've, I've heard the rake before um, as a terminology, but I can't say that I really know a lot about it, so I'm excited. Okay, so I first happened upon these discussed as, a, like, from the perspective of being a cryptid uh, on cryptidsoftheworld.tumblr.com, uh, which is just kind of a fun little Tumblr that assembles, like, sort of little bite-sized bits about different cryptids. It's uh, There's a lot of fun ones on there that aren't, like, long enough to do a full episode about, but, like, maybe I've mined a couple that I'd love to do a bonus episode on at some point, things like that. Mm-hmm. And as I was scrolling through this blog looking for inspiration, I found their entry on Crawlers, which uh, features a very creepy image and then this very sort of little bite-sized description. Since these guys are not featured on the Cryptids wiki, this will be our starting point. So I'll just read from this. Crawlers are described as humanoid creatures found in the United States and Canada, typically in forests. Crawlers are said to be tall, lanky, and gray humanoid creatures with no hair, extremely sharp claws and sharp teeth, and sunken in eyes. Crawlers are said to crawl extremely fast on all four limbs, and witnesses have reported that no matter how close they get to these creatures, they always seemed out of focus. Crawlers are said to be very aggressive, attacking animals and humans that come too close. Crawlers also strike a shocking resemblance to the creepypasta creature, the rake, which is where the story could have gotten its inspiration from. Or perhaps vice versa. That's my editorializing. Uh, that out of focus detail is so wild to me. It's so creepy. I'm like, there. I think it's almost always a preferable monster design to have something that like is sort of subtly wrong, more so mm-hmm. than like overtly scary. That's always going to get me like 10 this times more. This thing is both. 
Let me make it very clear that this thing is both. But, like, the little unreality of something being out of focus in real life is, like, freaky. And it actually, funnily enough, also this thing's described as being gray. I talk about this a lot on the show, but something that pops up with, like, alien encounters when you talk, when you read about them Mm -hmm. is people discussing, like, that they're... They have difficulty perceiving it, like literally have difficulty seeing it. Like your eyes mm-hmm. don't know how to process the information that they're taking in. And so there's something very interesting about the overlap you get with that. And I think maybe possibly a lot of that's because that is a very frightening idea just in general. Like your your senses not being able to interpret the information they're being given because it mm-hmm. is something so foreign to your brain is 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 inherently very frightening. I would like to now... Before I take us on this fun, this very spooky, scary journey. Yeah, I would like to uh, now dive into the entry that made me decide to do this on the show, which is from the National Cryptid Society, nationalcryptidsociety.org. This is an entry from 2018 entitled The Pale Crawler, Large Gray Crawling Humanoid in Effingham, Illinois. So this is a case, a specific case file where someone has supposedly made a report on this thing. Nice. So... I'm just going to go right into it. So it says right here, the Oxford English Dictionary defines the word cryptid as an animal whose existence or survival is disputed or unsubstantiated, such as the Yeti. That's just sort of the intro where it explains like what these case files are meant to be. It says if you have a personal cryptid sighting story you would like to tell us, please visit their make a report page on the site. This is the National Cryptid Society case file number 70, the Pale Crawler. This location on a country road near Effingham, Illinois. The date of the sighting was 2010. Okay, so fairly recent in the grand scheme yes. of things. No, yeah, the report was written in 2018, but the sighting's from 2010. Okay, cool. Okay, submitted by Jade. That's the only name given. So this is just going to be direct from Jade. I'm going to go ahead and just read their account. In 2010, me and two friends decided we were going to check out some haunted stuff around out in the country in Effingham, Illinois. We live about 30 minutes away from there. This was a typical weekend night driving out to a cemetery to respectfully explore. I really like that that detail. (laughs) That's very good. We were told the Casbar Cemetery, deep in the woods surrounded by caves outside of Effingham, was a really good place. The night begins. We head to Effingham and stop for sodas at a gas station, then head to the country. It's about 1 a.m. to 2 a.m., so it's dark. I see something with yellow glowing eyes off the side of the country road just past the ditch in the headlights. Too short to be a deer, but... Too big to be a possum or a raccoon. As we get closer, it gets clearer, and I realize what I'm looking at is skinny, hairless, and gray. Human-like, but definitely not human. Crazy as hell looking thing. It was crouched down, its arms were incredibly long, and looked like it could have been seven feet tall or bigger standing. I can feel myself get cold and my heart race and my hair stand on the back of my neck. I kind of whisper to myself, what in the... Beep. No swears. (laughs) Then I hear my friend, Harley, in the back seat shout, What the F is that? Complete shock and terror set in, and I can't make a sound. I'm just staring at it. By that time, we're right in front of it, passing it, and it just watches us drive by. It slinks into the dark. Then we all just start screaming. Literally freaking the heck out. I was convinced it was a demon for months, but still doubted myself even seeing it. Thinking that my mind was playing tricks on me. We didn't even make it to the Casper that night. We went straight home. I couldn't sleep that night. Six months later, I'm at a different friend's house and she gets a text from her cousin. It was the trail camera picture. I went cold again. The hair on the back of my neck stood tall again. I was seeing this thing again. I knew we weren't crazy there. There was something to this. I now know, or I knew for sure now that my mind was not playing tricks on me that night. There is an, the alleged trail camera picture, by the way, mm-hmm. it, and it may or may not be uh, real because it has also been used uh, on Creepypasta, but, you know, grain of salt, but there is a picture. He said he caught it on his trail camera one town over. He told us later it wasn't his camera, that he was just pranking us, but I immediately recognized it. I asked her to send me the picture, and I sent it to Harley. He quickly replies, that's the effing thing. I found out the picture was faked. Okay, so it is a faked picture. I, I okay. thought that was what the case was. But, that, but it did match the thing that they saw. So it was like a faked picture. But, but Jade still thought it resembled the thing. That Perhaps was a outside. recreated picture then. Yeah. Fast forward to October 2012. I'm on Facebook and I come across a page called Weird Effingham, Illinois. So of course I start combing through the entire page and I find reports of sightings around the cemetery of creatures with glowing eyes. 
2014, I'm scrolling through my Facebook newsfeed and that picture pops up. One girl I know posted it on the wall of another girl I know, so I immediately commented my story on it. When I go to, up to the previous comments, I see that one of the girls was talking about seeing one. She replied to my comment and told me she had seen it in the country in Effingham too, back in 2011. So someone else claims uh, that a guy basically that this person went to school with said that their friend thinks that the, what they saw was a ghoul. Oh, interesting. Which is interesting. So they don't have a specific explanation of what they think they saw, but... That was the expo. That was something that they were kicking around as well. And then last night, I came across a Reddit post with a story so similar to mine, with just as much detail. This is one of the most incredible things that has ever happened to me. I will always search for more answers. And that's from the NationalCryptidSociety.org. Now, there is one other sighting from Mysterious Universe, and then I'd like to take us take a, an interesting detour because, as you know, I like to go to Reddit for some of these things, mm -hmm. and there is an entire subreddit dedicated to sightings of specifically this creature. Ooh. Yeah. So before I head to Reddit, I'm going to hit mysteriousuniverse.org. Now, mysteriousuniverse.org, the article uh, should be definitely taken with a grain of salt because it sort of draws an equivalence between the Fresno Nightcrawlers and these crawlers, which is un we're very strange because the Fresno Nightcrawlers are just pants. <laughs> yeah. Well, I and mean, these there are a whole... They're extremely special pants with a beautiful place in my oh, heart. Oh, great, but... and I love them. I just mean the descriptions are very different just because similar terminology is used. They're not the, the same thing at all. But then it does repeat the sighting from National Cryptid Society as well as this sighting right here that I'll just read from a witness in Ballard County, Western Kentucky. By the way, this, uh, this, this piece is also from 2018 and it's entitled Bizarre Accounts of the Pale Crawlers. So here's from the witness in uh, Ballard County, Kentucky. I caught sight of something white and vaguely human crawling in the ditch. This is as they're driving. As we passed, I hit the brakes thinking it was a person who needed help. Are you crazy? Don't effing stop, Blake screamed. I looked in the mirror and saw that it was standing up. Even though it was still in the ditch, it was as tall as the stop sign next to it. It took a step towards us and I hit the gas. As we drove away, I saw in the mirror that it dropped to all fours and was crawling after us. I don't us. like that. <laughs> No? You don't like it? No. I didn't start pulling away from it till I got up to about 40 miles per hour. And now here's that again, Alex. No matter how close I was to it, I never got a good look at it. It was fuzzy, like it was constantly out of focus. I'm not sure why, but something about it makes me think of it as male. <laughs> Maybe the height? <laughs> weird, weird, weird assumption to make. When it crawled, it moved like a lizard, hands and feet flat on the ground. <laughs> Elbows and knees up and no. out, body wiggling side to side. No. <laughs> this happened when I was around 22. I'm 40 now, and I've never seen that thing again. I've taken many a midnight cruise along those narrow roads, but I've never had the nerve to go out near that particular farm road again. Call me a chicken. I'll cluck happily. <laughs> That's a fun button. Mm-hmm. Right? So uh, the way that it moves is from is where it gets... When it's referred to as a crawler, obviously, that's kind of where the name comes from. So now I'm going to hop over to the subreddit. So there is an entire subreddit. It is Crawler Sightings, and it has 12,000 members. And Ooh. the community is described here as the stories and sightings of the pale, thin cryptid uh, about community. Crawler is a commonly seen cryptid with pale skin, long limbs, and a tall, thin body. They are generally seen around eight feet tall if standing. There are stories of this creature all throughout America, and it has even inspired modern cultures such as the Rake and Slenderman. So the claim of this particular subreddit is that, as opposed to people are taking the Rake and Slenderman and stories like that and then projecting that onto things that strange things that they see, they, they kind of seem to interpret it the other way around as, like, this is a creature that has been around for a long time and sightings of it inspired these stories. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make a stance either. I'm not going to take a stance either way. I just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That's not our place. It's not our place. I will say that uh, it doesn't seem like stories of these things specifically predate the creepypastas mentioned, but I also have no way to actually know that. So you know what? It's fair. One of the first things I found on the subreddit is a map of confirmed sightings. So, okay, I love that. I love a good map yeah. of confirmed sightings. So I um, 
So there are, they're pretty exclusively limited, according to the map, to the United States, with a couple in Canada. The only couple, the only few in Canada, there's one in northern Ontario and one in a national park in Newfoundland. This is also just a compilation of sightings taken from Reddit posts. So Mm -hmm. it's possible there are other sightings out there, but this map is sort of a comprehensive um, compilation of Reddit posts that reference this particular creature. And you've got sightings um, all throughout the United States, uh, as far east as, um, oh, sorry, also Nova Scotia. There's also a sighting in Nova Scotia. But uh, as far east as Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, even some sightings down in Fort Myers, Florida, and then as far to the west as Salt Lake City, Utah, and and also uh, some sightings in New Mexico. So spanning pretty much the entire U.S. Okay, and cool. I'm going to go ahead and hop into, let me just hop into some of the sightings here. I'm going to pull up the one just because I think it'll be fun. Uh, I'm going to pull up the one from uh, Newfoundland. Okay. Technically, some of these are not confirmed as being specifically the creature. They just match the description. Basically, I'll send you the link to the map if you would like it. Uh, it is it's it's compiled of either little green stars or little red question marks. And the green stars are ones where I think the person reporting the sighting actually named it as being the a crawler, and then the ones with little red question marks were people asking what the creature might be, but it matches the description. Okay, very cool. Yeah, a Reddit user put in a lot of time uh, to put it together. Um, user B O C A J one thousand. Okay. Bocage cool. one thousand. I'm not gonna remember that, but I love it. That's okay. I just wanted to credit the person who made the map. So I'm gonna read a little bit of this sighting from Newfoundland um, called "Please Help Me Identify This: The Most Frightening Thing I've Ever Seen." And this is from "The Truth Is Here," uh, which I've cited on the show before. And this is from seven years ago. I was driving alone in a national park very far from people on a bright full moon night. Huge clear moon, the kind of moonlight you can read by. The road went straight along the bottom of a wide, flat, mostly barren valley, then banked up and sharply left onto the ridge. It was about 10 p.m., and I drove through the valley on full alert, watching for animals and loving the scenery in the crazy bright moonlight. When I hit the curve and went into that sharp uphill left, I saw something through my side window. A white thing. It was rapidly getting larger in my peripheral vision, as though it had been moving parallel to me. But the turn in the road meant I was now in its path. So I turned my head and looked directly. It was white, human-shaped, and naked. A deathly nauseating white with a greasy shine, completely hairless. It was crawling on its hands and knees, but it was half the size of the car, and it was coming so very, very fast. (laughs) For some reason, one of the most viscerally upsetting images I can ever conjure is when, like, a humanoid figure is described as dropping to all fours and moving very quickly. Like, it's It's it breaks my brain in a way that I don't like. And one of the best examples of this is literally every time I listen to actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf, he gets down on all fours and breaks into a sprint. And breaks into a sprint. And it's like, of the whole profoundly upsetting song, that is the line that bothers me more than anything else because, like... It's such a strong visual, and it's such a simple thing, but it is so upsetting. It's so disturbing. I hate it. Yeah, there's, like, a certain sort of implicit body horror, because just, like, human skeletons are not supposed to work that way. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly like that. Or at the very least, like, if we we can move that way, but it shouldn't be quick, and it definitely Mm -hmm. shouldn't be quicker than running the way that we, you know, normally run. Yeah. So uh, this account describes it as having a rubbery face. Which I don't like. Really don't like that. Black eyes that reflected the moonlight. The look on its face, I can't even tell you. I can still make myself feel sick from the memory. I believed that it was intelligent and that it wanted to tear me apart with its teeth. The speed was horrifying. It went from being a small white spot to spitting distance in the time it took to make that turn. When I unfroze myself and hit the gas, it was on the road and I braced for it to run into my car door. And then it was gone. The rearview mirror showed me nothing. I've never told anybody. I've seen a few minor ghosty things over my many years, but nothing has ever frightened me like that. It was looking at me, and I don't know what it was. 
I they, there's a little like more like follow up like responding uh-huh. to people's questions, but I think that but like I, it was looking at me and I don't. It know was what looking it was. at me and I don't know what it was. Is like a really good button. Gives me chills. Yeah. Hi, I'm a horror fan. Did you all uh, know? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, because clearly, like, if that is a true story, which I am treating it as right for the purposes of the show, then that is so horrifying, and I'm so sorry to that person. But also as a horror fan. The writing of that gave me goosebumps. Yeah, nicely done. Good job um, either putting together your statement or composing a piece of fiction. Either one. Literally, either that's the thing about stories like that. It's the same as I feel about when people read like stories on our relationships and are like, oh, when it, it's fake. And I'm like, I don't care if I'm compelled by it. I'm compelled by it. Yeah, right. This is by user Tosso. T-O-S-S-O. From this one we just ago. listened to was? Yes. Okay. That one was. Wow. I wanted to give credit because, again, either beautifully written piece of fiction or really good job composing your true account. Yeah, either seriously. Way, credit. I'd like to really quickly actually take a second to um, refer to not uh, an encounter of any kind, but a post made by Polo Marcel one month ago on the subreddit. It was one of the top upvoted posts on the subreddit, so I wanted to refer to it. Okay. And it's actually a zoologist oh, fun. writing about the traits of crawlers. And and discussing like what they like their job is to describe new species. And so talking about their thoughts as a zoologist on the descriptions of this creature. Oh, I love so that. I'm just going to read from it. Yeah. Scientists view on crawlers. I'm a zoologist working in a natural history museum. And my job is literally to describe new species. Since I found this sub and read a lot of the threads here, I wanted to give you some of my thoughts on crawlers from a scientific point of view. What first strikes me is the consistency of all the descriptions of the animal throughout the reported sightings, which contributes to making it credible, in my opinion, as well as the restricted geographical distribution of the sightings, i.e. they're not seen all over the world, but mostly in North America, which is consistent with a real animal having a natural distribution area. Someone on here found a correlation between the presence of caves and crawler sightings. I find this particularly interesting since crawlers present most of the characteristics that evolve in cave species, namely... Loss of skin pigmentation, elongation of the limbs, reduction or loss of eyes, slow metabolism due to the lack of food, which agrees with the reported thin body, and nocturnal foraging behavior. From the descriptions, it seems that crawlers are bipedal humanoids, so we can assume that this animal would probably be a primate. Except for humans. There are no apes, really, in America, as they evolved separately, and also crawlers would be a member of... Platerini? I can't pronounce, I'm sorry. A group comprising of all the currently extant American monkeys. Basically, monkeys are now absent from North America, but there did used to be some native to the the continent um, before climate changes caused our populations to redistribute uh, and disappear from there and redistribute to like tropical environments. Mm -hmm. But it says maybe some individuals found refuge or were trapped in cave systems around this time and evolved to become what you now refer to as crawlers. Caves are indeed known to serve as refuges for animal groups that disappear from the surface. To this date, the only vertebrates known to have been found living in caves are some fish and a few amphibians. If the existence of a cave-dwelling primate in North America was proven to be true, it would be a huge breakthrough, one, as the first known cave mammal ever, and two, as the only known primate native to North, currently native to North America. Now, then they include a picture of a spider monkey, and they say, imagine this basically without like hairless and tailless, and it would resemble what people are describing. Someone also shared a gibbon skeleton and pointed out that gibbons have really, really long arms proportionate to the rest of their bodies. Also, primates run on all fours. Yeah, that's true. They do sort of have that. um, Well, okay, I guess I haven't, I didn't really think to pay attention. Do we have any instances of like rakes or crawlers moving around on their hind legs or do we just like you see them sort of and they look humanoid and then when they go to move they're on all fours yeah they only they only seem to be on their hind legs when they're just standing when they yeah, move that's they drop down yeah that's really interesting so yeah that does seem like a very sort of primate situation that you would see sort of one and, and sort of assume that it would be a bipedal you know creature it would at least have that upright stance so it would look very jarring when it dropped to all fours yeah and i have to say too by the way like even if there is nothing supernatural here and there is a species of like hairless primate that lives in caves that we haven't discovered yet, if it really is as big as described and is capable of running the speed of a car, I'm still very afraid of it. Still pretty whack, yeah. Yeah, I'm still very, let me make something very clear. 
It being <laughs> that does not diminish my fear yes. of this creature. It being yeah. a monkey does not make me not afraid of it. That does not change any of the things that I have a problem with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get that. That's mm-hmm. that's interesting. I always love when we can sort of take an evolutionary viewpoint on you know a creature like this and sort of examine mm-hmm. you know one is this an explanation for what people might actually be seeing, but also hypothetically too like. What would the steps be that nature would take to create something like this if exactly. it were real? And it is actually really awesome for them to point out, and something that's very true, that, like, when creatures live in caves and, like, dwell in areas with, like, not a lot of light, they do start to, like, lose things like hair and pigment. Yeah, and definitely. the idea of it being described as having these kind of, like, big, dark, like, like really, really dark, like kind of creepy looking eyes. Like its eyes might not be, if it is like a cage dwelling creature, its eyes might not actually they function. They might be vestigial. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It might be vestigial, um, things like that. And and so I do think that there is an interesting aspect to that. Somebody else also posted in the subreddit with a video of a sloth walking along on the ground and, and just kind of saying like, is this a possible like explanation for the kind of animal that we're seeing? I'm more inclined <laughs> Have you seen to... that video? Have you seen that video of like, if how terrifying sloths would be if they could move quickly. Yes, I have. Yeah. Because that's the thing, right? Like, the sloth does look creepy the way that it moves. I don't like the way that it moves on the ground. It does make me feel weird inside, and but I don't But if it were like to it. shamble toward me at 60 miles per hour... <laughs> but, but the thing about the sloth in this video is, as creepy as it looks crawling on the ground... It's also very slow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does not really match the That is sort of its saving grace. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, and so, like, I would be inclined to possibly believe, like, a sloth with mange or something like that if it weren't for how slow they move. Right. And the fact that normally these things are described as kind of standing on their hind legs first. So, right. and sloths don't really do that ever. They're always kind of on all fours because they don't really have, like, feet that are made for standing on. Yeah, call out post for sloths. No, that's not a call out. Get your feet situation right. No, stop. <laughs> I love them. They do make me feel viscerally uncomfortable when they crawl on the ground. Like, I'm watching this clip right now as I describe it to you, and it looks very weird. It is rough. I mean, to be fair, I probably also look pretty weird when I crawl along on the ground. I'm not good at it. Take a video. Prove it. Right now. <laughs> prove that I'm not good at something. Yeah. That's a wild argument prove to it. take. Um, I'm going to head back to some sightings in a minute, but actually, first, I want to talk a little bit more about the race. Before you even do that, actually, I would like to take a minute to interrupt our show <gasps> with beep, 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 some incoming transmissions. Whoa! <laughs> yeah! So, um, fun fact for anybody out there who may be interested in hearing your uh, personal messaging or podcast advertisement or project pitch read aloud by our dulcet tones on our show or any other show on the Lunar Light Studio Network, you can order an incoming transmission. Those can be birthday messages, congratulations regarding an accomplishment, letting someone know you're thinking of them, an anniversary shout out or other. Or you can get some sort of business transmission, which would be for promotional or commercial purposes, like for your Kickstarter, your podcast, your webcomic, etc., etc., etc. Either way, you can find out how to buy one of these and to make us the lucky recipients by going to LunarLightStudio.com slash incoming hyphen transmission. That's LunarLightStudio.com slash incoming hyphen transmission. We have two of them today. The first one Ooh. you've already heard. This copy is going to be very familiar to you, and it's because we are talking once again about the Spiritual Successor Podcast. <gasps> the Spiritual Successor Podcast? Everybody loves a cool video game, Addison, but what about yeah. cool games that should not be made? I'm listening. Well, do I have the show for you? Spiritual Successor is a comedy video game design podcast where the hosts, Blake and AJ, take video game ideas from their audience and consider what that game may look and play like. Some of their creepier titles include Charlie's Candy Cryptid Factory, Barbie's Eldritch Adventure, and I Want to Eat Your Pancreas. Also, I Want to Eat Your Pancreas is an anime, and I didn't know that. Is it really? It is. Do you think that this title is associated? Do you think they're the same property? I want to know. Only one way to find out. Blake, AJ, can you uh, sh- shed some information There's on this? There's only one way to find out, and it's to listen to. I guess it's to listen to Spiritual Successor. Yeah. Pretty fascinating way to get that that reveal to you, I guess. I, I'm sorry, it's an anime? <laughs> um, it's, it's some kind of animated something because I was, this is not a joke. I was looking at the resume just because I was curious of a voice actor that I'm taking a class with, and 
I was just curious about some of the other work she'd done because I knew some of the projects she had worked on. And one of them was, I saw the title, I Want to Eat Your Pancreas. And I went, why does that sound familiar? Oh, it's because you heard it from Spiritual Successor Podcast. Yes. The podcast where they design cool video yes, games. Yes, exactly. Did you consider that maybe they simply spoke this game into existence and then the voice actress that you were looking into provided the lead work? I mean, that's entirely possible. I Who can say anything these days? That would be amazing. Sounds like an amazing podcast that everyone should listen to. Anyway, everybody should go check it out. Um, I know that just recently they had our friend Joe from Gaming New Horizons on. Uh, so that would probably be a great episode to dive in with if you were looking to make the transition, hear some familiar voices, and get your podcast listening situation just so right as you acclimate to our new Thursday release time. We have oh, one more incoming transmission. This one is a personal transmission from, I kid you not, Val. And this message is for Alex and Addison. Uh-oh. It says... I spent $25 of my hard-earned podcast editing money to tell you I love you and then make you say it on air. Yeehaw. Should I promote something? Listen to Cryptid Keeper. Hmm, I love you both. I have regrets because I will have to edit this and then be like, why did I say that? But I'm feeling feisty today. Trashbirds forever. Trashbirds forever. Wow. Go team Trashbird. Um, Val, we love you so much. Val. Literally so much. You are required to leave this in so that everybody on the earth can know it. Val, we love you. If you don't know already... If you edit this out, um, I'll find you, and then I'll pay you back your $25. Yeah. So now what? Because why are you paying for something you're not going to get, you know? Yeah. Don't do that to you. <laughs> and if you didn't already know that Val is our esteemed audio wizard, then I don't know what to <laughs> tell you. <laughs> Val is fully a character on this show at this point. Val does the real amazing work behind the scenes, and every once in a while, when they are doing their incredible editing, they will send us an audio clip of um, our words taken terribly out of context and remixed into something <laughs> delightful and strange. And I love that a lot. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's a really, really good time. Very recently, uh, they they had to fix an issue with Addison's audio. And what we got in, in exchange was a clip, which was several minutes long, of me trying to explain something and Addison's voice just going, you're wrong, <laughs> like every other second. And that was um, deeply cursed content. You were wrong. You were wrong. <laughs> you were wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> oh, it echoes in my dreamscape. It was the closest I've gotten so far to playing Hal in 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> That's what plays forever in the hacked uh, elevator music of my mind palace. I'm so you were sorry. <laughs> you were wrong. <laughs> oh, God. Um, uh, so those are the incoming transmissions, anyway. huh? Anyway, thank you so much, Val. You really didn't need to spend your money on that. We'll say anything you want for free anytime. You're pulling the strings here, baby. That's true. But if you would like to hear your personal message read for the low, low price of $25, or I think it's 50 for commercial-related expenses, uh, then you can go to LunarLightStudio.com slash incoming hyphen transmission, and we will get you on the docket, provided that we agree with your message. We don't have to say anything we don't believe in, because this is free radio. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can buy our time and you can buy our attention, but you cannot buy our approval. Yeah. That's not for sale. <laughs> anyway. At least if it is, it would be for more money. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, you're going to pay me a lot more than $50 to get me to compromise. Rent is expensive in California. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Anyway, thank you. those are those. Yep. Um, What in the world? Okay. Sorry. You know, have you ever experienced the truly special kind of internet hell when you open a, like, web page and the web page has like a chat room in bit embedded in the bottom oh yeah what's up with that i hate it i just saw strangers making your mom jokes at each other no i don't like that I, it's okay because it allowed me to minimize it that's how it feels to log on to world of warcraft in the year 2020 well no you just have to leave you just have to leave general chat <laughs> yeah exactly ah sorry are you um, okay i actually just scared myself by scrolling down on this page, I hadn't scrolled to the bottom of this page, and there's a horrifying gif of, like, a person dressed as the rake, like, crawling toward the camera, and it just actually scared me live on the air. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God, that actually scared me, <laughs> like, really bad. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be a gif. Like, I saw the top of it and thought it was a picture. And then I scrolled and there was something crawling at me. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. It's I am okay. so glad you got to document that experience in real time, though. It's okay. Thank you. I'm just going to read from this creep, this entry 
about um it's an in-depth look at the rake as a creepy pasta monster and this is by someone named steven on aminoapps.com take us away steven yeah Okay, Steven. So it's uh, referring to um, the rake, as I've described it already. It's like this. It's like this very like long-limbed, bony, pale humanoid creature that crawls on all fours. So it is a supernatural. I'm just gonna read straight from Steven's account here. It's a supernatural-based being that hunts people through the means of attacking them when they are asleep or in a wooded area, preferably at night. According to the in- the original the legend, like the original creepypasta, it doesn't have any interest in people unless provoked. But later stories uh, kind of contradict that, so okay. it, it depends. Um, it's known for crawling on all fours and having razor sharp fingers and claws slash claws, like long claw like fingers. Oh, okay. <laughs> you said flesh claws, and I was so upset. Oh, I said fingers and claws. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, I didn't say flesh claws. I would never do that to you. For a second, like, I, that's what I heard, and I was, like, real upset. Well, specifically what it was saying is some art depicts it as having, like, long, jagged fingernails, while others approach, like, handmade claws, like, made out of, like, wood or bone, like, Freddy Krueger style. Oh, okay. I, I think okay. I prefer the organic claws just because I think it, one, is a little creepier, and two, also, I just don't like the idea of this thing having the engineering prowess to rig itself up some little Freddy, Freddy Krueger knife hands. Well, you know, I mean, some animals can make and use tools in the wild. That's true. Oh, I keep looking at the gif of it crawling at me. Um, it doesn't have, in original descriptions in the creepypasta, it's not really supposed to have much of a nose, and it doesn't have a visible mouth unless it is attacking. Then it opens and expands up to five times its size with sharp teeth. Cool. Hate that. Isn't that fun? No. <laughs> no? No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to scroll down uh, and and refer to some... Things that this particular user has decided, and I think is is a good is a co- interesting example, are potential pieces of evidence for the existence of this creature. The ra- referred to as the rake here, and then as I mentioned, referred to as crawler in the subreddit. So right here is there's the Barrick monster, which is the original name for that trail camera footage p- picture that I mentioned earlier in this episode. It's an image from. November 30th, 2010, supposedly that's when it was taken, and it made a lot of traction mm-hmm. on the internet. It got covered by local news stations, and now it's sort of been, now it's been dubbed as potential evidence for the existence of the rake. Uh, then there's this footage from 2006 in Spain that features video of some sort of humanoid creature, um, naked humanoid creature slouched in the bushes. And it doesn't pay much attention to the cameraman until a sudden cracking noise is made, triggering the monster to turn around and face the camera head on, showcasing a disturbing face, which appears as though it's lacking uh, several facial features, like a nose and a mouth. So it's just like big, scary eyes in like a pretty blank face. Mm -hmm. That particular video is actually referred to as being a fallen angel caught on tape. Like that's the original title of the video. I've actually seen this video when I was on like horror Tumblr. It is very creepy. Um, but it has been referred to as evidence for the rake, as well as there is a there's footage of something referred to as the Victorian sewer monster, which was caught on CCTV footage, supposedly during a survey conducted on sewers, which reveals a creepily distorted and pale looking creature appearing from the corner of the sewer with glowing white eyes until it flees back from where it came from. Cool. Yeah. Now, where it actually came from in terms of like the thing about the rake slash the crawler that's very interesting is that we have evidence of, like, the actual, like, creation of the legend. Like, it was created deliberately as a fictional story. It just also happens to supposedly line up with some very supposedly Mm -hmm. real supernatural or just scary encounters. Originally, the concept of the rake, it was pitched basically a bunch of users on uh, 4chan back when, like, it had kind of more of a creepypasta community and less of kind of Mm -hmm. what it's known for now. Someone was like hey, let's create a new monster. And someone shared, like, one of these pictures and was like, maybe something like this. And then they started making up the original Creepypasta story. Oh, Um, fun. I like that. Actually, I like that a lot. Yeah. I actually will hop over now um, to... There is a... uh, There's a little bit more in-depth explanation of, like, where it came from. Uh, This is from Creepypasta Files, the Creepypasta Files wiki. And it says, basically, yeah, this is... uh, Someone made a thread uh, and said, all right, 
This is for the people who like the three eyes, no apparent mouth, pale skin one. Here's what we've got so far. Humanoid, about six feet tall when standing, but usually crouches and walks on all fours. Very pale skin. The face is blank as in no nose, no mouth. And the original pitch for it said that it had three green eyes. One in the middle of its forehead and the other two on either side of its head toward the back. So that is sort of like what it began as and then they named it the rake it actually went through a lot of different names like people pitched one of which was operation crawler and sorry it eventually settled on the description of six feet tall seen crouching humanoid pale grayish skin two larger than human eyes no nose no visible mouth but one that opens extremely wide when provoked or attacked the most well-known story about it was posted on um, a personal blog of a Something Awful user. If you've heard of Something Awful before, it's the forum mm-hmm. where Slenderman came yeah, to be yeah, as yeah. well. And then it was the first story in a series entitled Horror Theater. And then it started to circulate on Creepypasta and then throughout the internet. So that's sort of the origin of the rake as like a figure in internet horror. It's, it's, it's sort of most of the stories tend to involve like it's sort of like centering its attention on one person and then like frightening them deliberately over the course of a long period of time before finally killing them. Mm -hmm. And then that was sort of the center for like, I remember reading one of the creepypasta stories about the rake and being very, very, very freaked out by it. But that is, yeah, that's like kind of the online horror character creation of it. I really kind of like that sort of like a half organic, half engineered mm-hmm. creature. That's actually very cool to me. Exactly. There's something very interesting about the fact that you have this creature that like was deliberately created by like horror fans and fiction writers. And then at the same time, there is something either related that branched off of it or just happens to share a lot of traits and is incredibly similar. There's an entire community of people reporting like on this quote unquote real creature that just happens mm-hmm. to overlap pretty heavily with this fictionalized thing. Yeah, for and sure. Because the original description was inspired by one of those like one of those like scary images or videos, or or possibly more than one, there is a fair argument from some people who are believers in the existence of this thing that rather than the people's encounters being inspired by the story, the story was inspired by the encounters. Or, like, the description, etc. It is interesting. Yeah, totally. It kind of straddles the realm of fiction and, and, and reality in a way that I think is very interesting and, and also very, cre- very, very scary <laughs> when we're talking about something that's this creepy. Yeah, you know, there is that. So speaking of that, I'd like to just take us home with a couple more sightings. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Yeah. I got excited. There are also a couple um, people who have drawn their own renderings of their own sightings on the subreddit. And so while they're Mm -hmm. not posts that I can really read because there's not really much to the post beyond the drawing, they are really interesting and and spooky and fun to look at. So if you end up perusing the subreddit, I I recommend checking them out. Although this one of the drawings does come with a story. So I'm going to go ahead and share this one. It does have a drawing that goes along with it. I'll show okay, it to cool. you. I'll show it to you, Alex. And then if Do anyone it. wants to look up the subreddit, if you look up any of the subreddits or redditors that I talk about on the show, my only request is that you don't don't bother these people. Like, don't bother people. Yeah, seriously. You know what I mean? They don't know us. Like, seriously, they didn't ask for this. They don't know us. They didn't ask for this. But I'm gonna send you the drawing so you can get a sense of the yeah, spooky, the scary. Get those get those little shivers down your spine. It should be sending. Can't tell. Technology, the real the real monster. I don't know anything yet, but no, it's it's like it's it's showing up in my like. There it goes. Oh, did you get it? Fun. Do you like it? I do. It's kind of cute. I don't agree, but that's no, okay. It's like got big eyes and it's got like a fun hand. <laughs> it's fun hand with very sharp claws. Yeah, it's it's drawn in a style that I think to like immediately sort of supplies serotonin to my brain because it. It like that's implies fair. drawn in kind of a cute style. Yeah, that's not the fault of this Reddit user. Okay, no, so it's I'm great. I like this it. One. I like the drawing a lot. I just it also makes my brain like, oh, cute friend, you know. But I'll pack one with anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's fair, right? <laughs> so, some backstory. This was when I was in a really dark mindset in life and hanging around with some awful people. Part of me felt like there was a demon following me or the people I was around. Then I realized what I saw looked like the rake or a crawler. Long pointed fingers and piercing eyes. Dark body, naked and everything. Only saw its torso because it was literally in someone's house. Mm -hmm. It was midday, so I could see it very clearly, and it was sunny outside. 
I live in an old mining town in Colorado, and it's rumored to be haunted, but who knows? It was staring at me, like, into my dang soul as I was staring at, staring at it back, and I got frozen and was like, what the heck am I looking at? I asked my friend if he could see something, and he replied, what, that demon thing staring at you? Yeah, I see it. <laughs> what the heck? I looked away after a while, um, at least a few minutes of it staring at me, and looked back thinking I was just tripping or something, and it reached out its long arm and gross fingers and slammed the window shut like it was angry that I saw it. I don't like that. No, you don't like it? I'm, like, really put off by the friend. Who's just like, what? Yeah, that? That scary thing? Yeah, I see yeah, it. Seriously. I am horrified by that. Uh, this is one post uh, from a user eight months ago that says, my sightings, because, or my sighting, because people keep asking about it. Uh, so it says, I saw a crawler or whatever it is. And then they say there's a lot of variations on what people suggest it could be, but it absolutely blow me, blew me away that other people have been seeing them too. Whatever they are, we don't know a lot, and I don't think we can accurately classify them yet. So um, here we go. Here's some um, some responses here. This is from when the person was in seventh grade. They are now preparing to start college. So it's probably been about five or six years. Okay. I was sharing my room with my little brothers as well as a bunk bed. I had the top bunk. It was summer. And since it got really stuffy in the room, we would install screen windows. I, being a light sleeper, woke up in the middle of the night to hear light rhythmic scratching on the screen. Mmm. <laughs> Sorry, that's like, I'm, I, I, that's my worst nightmare. I understand. That's my worst nightmare. Yeah. That's my worst nightmare. I rolled onto my stomach and peered over the side of the bed. My pillow was directly across from the window, and I saw, ex- you know what they saw. It was extremely pale and had long, thin limbs, no clothing or hair. It, the face was flat and round, and I couldn't really make out a nose or visible ears. Very thin lips. The eyes were sunken. At the time, I thought they were glowing, but now I believe it was just eye shine. It was lightly scratching on the screen and looking around the room. I never got the feeling that it noticed me as I watched it, though. It wasn't trying to get in, either. It wasn't feverish. It was just making noise. I watched it in silent fear for, I would guess, a minute, but it probably wasn't even that long. Eventually, I crawled backwards down the ladder of my bunk bed and into the living room where I spent the rest of the night curled up on the couch. As for the height, it had to have been at least seven feet tall because it was hunched over at the window, and the window itself is about five feet off the ground. There was also another incident a couple months later where my family and I went on a camping trip with my Boy Scout troop. So this is uh, in the middle of nowhere in central Illinois. They set up camp in the forest. I woke up in our big family tent and heard the light scratching again, long and rhythmic on the nylon. I could see impressions of long fingers being made on the wall of the tent. I just lay there quietly until it moved away, and I even heard it repeating its process on other tents in the campsite before it wandered off. I didn't say anything until my dad pulled me aside the next morning, and he said he heard the same thing, which woke him up. One last detail. Before we went to sleep in our tents, there was a long, haunting scream from the woods. It sounded like a hybrid of a person and an animal being killed. Everything fell silent. Everyone just stood there. Keep in mind that these were experienced woodsmen, and they hadn't heard anything like that before in their lives. Fox vocalization is noticeably canid. Mountain lion sounds are distinctly feline. This was entirely unnatural. Again, that's good writing. Right? This is from Nodobird, which is a really great username, actually. Good on you, Nodobird. I think I only have time for maybe one or two more. But I'd like to knock out just a couple more. Yeah, here. real quick. Let's get them in there. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's knock out maybe. Okay. Yeah. Let's knock out. I have two left. Let's knock them out real quick. I might have to summarize one of or kind of skip sure. around one of them and abridge it because it's pretty long, but it seems cool. So first, I'm gonna hit in the forest of Northern California. We're in my state now. <laughs> oh. Uh, it says I had never heard of crawlers until today when someone told me a, when I posted a story in response to a post in Paranormal. Someone told me about this sub. After reading a few stories here, I think y'all may appreciate my tale. So here we go. Okay, my friends and I used to camp a lot in the El Dorado National Forest. One weekend, we decided to go for a three-day foraging camp. We brought in MREs in case we couldn't find anything. Uh, Some guns and some supplies to set up shelter, but that's about it. First night was chill. We cooked a bunch of crawdads, drank a few beers we'd brought, and slept fine. Next day, something felt off to me. One of my friends who was with me and I had some really creepy experiences in this part of the forest in the past, and it felt a bit like those forest was dead silent and you felt like something was watching you. I grew up in the woods so I know the signs of a predator. This felt different than a bear or a mountain lion. 
When night fell, my friends went 200 yards or so up the stream to do some stuff, and I was alone in camp. The feeling got even stronger, so I built up the fire nice and big and grabbed a gun. I kept hearing faint voices from the woods in the opposite direction of where my friends went. They were low, indistinct sounds, but they were creeping me out majorly, and my buddies had taken the only two flashlights, poor planning in hindsight. As I peered out into the darkness, I caught a glimpse of something moving 50 yards or so out in the trees. I snapped the rifle to my shoulder and got the scope on it. It was pretty dark, and the only light was from the fire, but I could see the outline of what I was aiming at. It looked human, but was on all fours, and its arms seemed a lot longer than they should. It stood a bit like an ape, but very low to the ground. I only saw it for a second before it loped off deeper into the woods. After I lost track of it, I'd hear light rustling in different directions around the camp, leaves scuttling and the occasional twig breaking, always away from where my friends went, 180 degrees on the other side of the camp from their departure. I got the sense that whatever it was, it was stalking me. I kept the fire high and was staying sharp looking out into the woods, but I didn't see it again. My buddies came back about ten minutes later to find me a paranoid wreck, glassing the tree line with the scope. I told them what happened and they got quiet, then told me the reason they came back when they did is they started hearing the same sh** I did over by where they were no. and it spooked them. No! I can't so believe you this, did a swear. Did I swear? Oh, they did. Oh, shoot. They did. Val, bleep it out. I'm sorry. I was just reading verbatim. I got so pulled into the story. You and I, in the and moment. I, swear. I understand. We spent the second night of our trip with a big fire and three lookouts. Nobody slept that night. In the morning, we broke camp as quick as we could and hightailed it out of there. We never camped in that spot again. Ooh, hoo, 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 hoo. <laughs> I have got one more. I want to look up quickly where something is. Okay, cool. Um, they reference a place in the story and I wanted to know where they were. This, this takes place in the Uinta or Winta, U-I-N-T-A mountains. It's in Utah. Okay. But I wanted to know where they were. They're in Utah. It's a mountain range in Utah. Okay. <laughs> How many times can I say Utah? Okay. So this is from four years ago when the person writing it was 15 years old. And they were on a deer hunt with their grandfather, who is a recently retired biologist and a former conservation officer for the state. He was a regional specialist uh, and... Um, what worked in wildlife and habitat management for many years. So he did like habitat management programs like controlled fires and like apparently according to this user has literally like wrangled moose to be transplanted <laughs> into other areas and things like that. He's seen mountain lions, bears, birds of all kinds, mammals, plants and natural phenomena for a majority of his life. This is good. I think that's very good um, like context to understand that this is a man who really knows the nature in the area where they are. Mm -hmm. It says he's not really superstitious and used to sort of lovingly tease one of the people he worked with who believed in, like, Bigfoot and things like that. So he's not super, he's not a super believer in, like, cryptids and things like that for the most part. Okay, so it was late September and we were in a small camp by a lake in the high Uinta Mountains. Uinta, Uinta, I don't know how to say it, I'm so sorry. Uh, they were hunting grouse and mule deer. So camp was a small collection of men and women my grandfather had worked with over the years as a supervisor uh, and biologist, and these were people I grew up with. So they're doing their thing, and and one of the women uh, on the trip had uh, shot a deer, uh, injuring it but not killing it, and then they had lost track of it, and she was really distressed about that, worried about that about like the idea that the deer had run off injured and then died, and then mm -hmm. they wouldn't be, and then they were it was like a waste of it because they couldn't use the deer for anything. So they all volunteered to go in the late afternoon and look for the deer, uh, and see if they could find it wherever it had ended up finally passing away. She mentioned hearing what she had assumed was coyotes, which made her even more so concerned about losing the deer. So they took off in the early evening to go look for it, expecting to be back within an hour or two uh, after searching, and they had their hunting rifles with them in case they came across something. So uh, it describes kind of steep terrain. It's kind of difficult terrain to navigate. I'm sort of summarizing bits of this because there's a lot of very helpful exposition, but I don't want to take up too much time. So it starts to get dark out. So they removed the firing caps from the guns uh, because now it's uh, illegal to hunt in the absence of decent light. Mm -hmm. And then it says, my grandpa caught out his large maglite flashlight from his pack and I put in my headlamp to begin the hike back using our GPS to find the trailhead. After about 10 minutes on the walk back, they started to hear more movement amongst the trees. 
It's normal for animals to start moving around once the sun goes down, as animals would likely be starting to head towards clearings for water or to graze in the safety of lower light. So, nothing too weird yet. And then, it says, we did not expect the deafening, disturbing sound we heard next, which vaguely and initially reminded me of a coyote howl. But by a few seconds in, it was unidentifiable, frightening, and human-like. It started with what sounded like a person screaming, but then got louder and more intense with a screech to it, unlike any coyote or any animal we had ever heard. Then was almost the chittering that came in between the shrieks, and the movement of the trees became almost calculated, almost threatening. We stopped, dead in our tracks, frozen as my grandfather started using the light to look around. I was far more freaked out than him at this point. He just seemed perplexed, curious, and a little baffled at what could make that sound. It sounded human, but with no words, with no tone of help or I'm just screaming to mess with you. We continued on after it mostly stopped, and it seems like the other natural and distant sounds had gone almost silent. So they walk about 20 more minutes down the main trail, and then they hear the chittering sound again and the sound of thumping against dead trees. Looking around with our lights, in between deadfall, maybe 12 to 15 feet in front of us, was a large human-looking thing. It was almost hunched down with long, slender arms around the front of a standing aspen. The aspen, of course, was pale white with the knots being dark brown, and whatever it was had skin as pale. I caught a very brief glimpse of its face. It seemed round, and the eyes seemed sunken, and I couldn't tell you the eye color other than a flash of reflection on the eye from my light, and that its face seemed sunken and emaciated. It didn't have any fur or hair. I never felt like it looked right at me, more at my grandfather, and just in our direction, almost curious and confused, like he was before with, like he was before with the sound. And then, for a mere couple of seconds, I caught a glimpse of it, but that was it. I looked down at the ground, holding my eyes shut tight, trying to imagine being safe and secure in the truck, and my grandfather took a few stumbling steps backward towards me. I heard the thing go off to our side, moving quickly and with purpose through the trees, to the side, and then dropped down behind us, as I would assume, according to the sound but I hope it went in the opposite direction. My grandfather turned to where it had veered off as if to follow it, but he soon stopped and looked at me. I had never before and never since seen him so confused, baffled, curious, and in awe. I was crying at this point, ugly crying, trying to muffle my shaking breath and voice, and I asked him, what was that, over and over, and he had no answer for me. He pulled his gun off his shoulder and put a cap back on the nipple of the igniter, making the gun live, and then he carried it in front of his body in his arm. He pulled out another headlight to put on himself. We started walking again towards the trail as he listed off at, like, talking to himself what it wasn't. Things like it couldn't have been a deer or elk or moose, it had arms, it was hunched, it stood upright, or a bear, a very sick bear, it could have been a bear, was it the light? We heard the sound, the screeching human howl distinctly once more before reaching the trail, which was dirt and gravel and fairly flat and no deadfall. We practically jogged to the truck. I locked the doors immediately and sobbed, and my grandfather turned on music as loud as possible to distract me on the way back to camp. I was a mess when we arrived back, and he went to talk to the others by the fire when he got me settled in my sleeping bag in my bunk. He explained some to his friends, but I don't know what all was said. The next day, everyone was extra sweet to me, trying to comfort me and saying it was probably a sick animal that looked scary in the dark. The deer the hunter shot was found the next day in the daylight, scavenged quite harshly by what I assume was coyotes. To this day, he has no clue what it was, nor what that sound was, and before and since, I've heard both coyote and many other animal sounds that never even compared to that. The scientist in me, and in him, the hopeful and blissfully ignorant people in us hope and speculate that it was just a deformed sick animal in scant light, but I still have no clue what that thing was, and I hope I never ever experience it again. Creepy. Scary. Scary creepy. I gave the warning at the beginning for scary creepy. Yeah, I know you did. I know. And like, here's the thing, right? This is going to sound kind of silly maybe, but this is one of those times where like, when there's so much real fear, like real, like tangible fear, I, I, I need like the kind of fear that feels almost fun, that feels like a roller coaster, mm-hmm. like, like the kind of like, like recreational fear to distract me from the real fear as a person who deals with pretty intense anxiety all the time. Yeah, and sure. so I, I hope <laughs> that this was that for people and not the bad kind, because for me it was a chance to just kind of get the shivers and be like, oh no, and now I can sort of 
let it go and leave it behind a little bit. I'm still not trying to go camping anytime soon, but you know, that's uh, the crawler, pale crawler, the rake, whatever you want to call this thing. Whatever it is, it's it's scary. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and you probably don't want to see it. I don't think it's a friend. It could be. I don't think it is. I really don't suggest you test your luck. I would not recommend attempting friendship with this thing, with no, this critter. No, I would not, perhaps. Most of the time, we recommend at least giving it a shot, but perhaps not this Maybe time. Maybe not this time. I don't have any survival tips because as far as I know, there aren't any stories of it actually doing anything to anybody. It just seems to be scary, mm-hmm. which is my favorite kind of this, my favorite version of this kind of thing is it's just like, it's not like we have any stories of it hurting anybody. But, like, I don't know that it wouldn't if given the chance. Well, and, like, if someone disappears in the middle of the woods and they're by themselves and the thing gets them, you're not going to hear that story. That's true. A lot of people disappear in national parks. They sure do. Ah. Wild out there, folks. (laughs) Anyway, we got to wrap it up. But uh, any last words for the good people? Yeah, we got to wrap it up. We went a little long on this one. Did you say any last words to me just now? (laughs) That was maybe a little bit ominous. (laughs) Any... Yeah, any any concluding statements, maybe. Um, Those mean the same thing, but they mean something very different. You know what I mean? They really, really, really do. Um, <laughs> concluding statements, I guess. Uh, if you like kind of scary story type things, I hope this episode was as fun for you as it was for me. Like, obviously, there's the scary, but I also enjoy, I enjoy kind of playing in that space sometimes as a fan of, of scary stories, of campfire frights so to speak. So I hope that it provided maybe a welcome distraction from like the real life fears for a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the only thought I have with that. And I and I think also kind of it's interesting to explore the ways that like as the Internet becomes such a big part of our culture, the ways that like online stories and the things we read online kind of creep into the like the folklore and vice versa and the ways in which like we have sort of these new cryptids of the digital era are very interesting to me. And that's pretty much all I wanted to say about that. I hope everyone is staying safe and sound and doing what they can. Uh, And I feel like I say a variation on the same thing every episode, but, you know, sometimes it helps to hear it. I'm here. Um, I'm here with you guys in this. We're all in this together right now. That's pretty much all I was going to say there. Alex, do you have anything? Yeah, totally agreed. No, I think uh, just, you know, reiterate that. I want to clarify, I'm here with you. That doesn't mean I'm here for you. Please don't message me. I've got my own stuff going on. No, no, no. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But we are here also experiencing the same things that many of you are experiencing. We're all Uh, in this thing. Trying to be honest about that. Yeah, we're all in this thing. So um, as always, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there. Pretty, witty, and gay.